Greetings and salutations from St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois, and welcome to this podcast of the Redheaded Preacher. Today is Sunday, February 4th, 2024. I am the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's. My name is Richard Lanford, and I am pleased to bring the message today. It is a shorter message than it often is because we have a full service today, and I try to shorten other parts where I can. We're celebrating the Lord's Supper, and we are also installing newly elected board members and officers of the church. And so it's a little bit briefer. Uh, This message is also, I think, more on the simpler side, which I don't think is a bad thing. I'm, I'm trying to just encourage people in a return to some basics, maybe thinking about God in a, in a new way, maybe not. But I believe in the importance of hearing about the basics and reminding ourselves of some of the basics that undergird our faith and how we turn to God and why and when and what God's promises to us are. That is what uh, this message is intended to be. It's not intended to be uh, very, you know, deep in a, in a deep, psychologically deep kind of aha sort of way necessarily, but, to, but as a word of encouragement, as a reminder, with a little bit of digging below the surface. I couldn't leave uh, some word studies alone. And I hope that will just enrich the message, which, as I said, on the surface, and generally it's meant to be, I don't even like to word to use the word simple, but basic maybe is better. Um, and sometimes basic is better from time to time in a sermon, to be reminded and encouraged by the basics, basic tenets of our faith, even if it is cast in a more modern term, such as a charging station. I welcome you to the podcast, as I said a minute ago. I thank you for tuning in. And our our readings today are from Isaiah 40 and from Mark chapter 1. The message that I'm preaching is out of the Isaiah passage. And I will stop talking, and uh, I will see you on the other side of the the podcast. Uh, The lector that you'll hear should be Rich Schneider, who was uh, one of our, he is one of our former church presidents. So, let me lead us off, uh, end this intro with a word of prayer. And then the next voice you hear should be riches. Holy and merciful God, we thank you for this opportunity to share and to hear your word as it comes to us in the scriptures and extrapolated to us by preaching, opening up the word. Bless our time. Bless the time of my preaching it and the time of others listening to it wherever and whenever and however they are and do. This blessing we ask in the name of Christ, the Word made flesh, whom we seek and whom we serve with glad and grateful hearts. It is in his name we ask this blessing. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Our reading from Isaiah this morning reminds us that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. One way you and I wait for the Lord is to sit down and listen intently to God's word. We listen with open minds and hopeful hearts. Many of us come to church to get our spiritual battery recharged 
And this is a main way God does it for us. So let us prepare to have our strength renewed. Let us get ready to hear these old but new words of life. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. Let us pray. Great God, you who made us, saved us, and pulled us up. There are some here this morning who are tired. May your spirit move through the reading of the word so that they will be renewed as Isaiah promised. There are some here who are hurting inside with some kind of brokenness. As Jesus will perform healings in our gospel lesson, so move in our midst at these readings to bring wholeness and healing to them. There are some here whose spiritual journey has brought them to this time to be installed as an officer or board member. Bless this time to them too, so they and all of us will be given a way to see how these words apply to their and our lives. All this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Isaiah is our first reading. Chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel in exile in Babylon, sometime in the 700s B.C. The Lord challenges their weakening faith and reminds them of who God is and what God can do. Have you not known? Have you not heard? How it is, how it not, I'm sorry, excuse me. Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out like who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely as they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he plows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble, to whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name. Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk 
and not be faint. This ends the reading from Isaiah. Our second reading is also our gospel lesson. It is Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Last Sunday, Jesus cast an unclean spirit out of a man in a synagogue and really made an impression on people. Our story picks up right after that, and we are in the town of Capernaum of Galilee. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or were possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went through Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Here ends the reading of the Gospel lesson and our scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this, God's holy word. Again. The charging station. The new gas station for the electric vehicles, or EVs, of today. A year and a half ago, maybe two and a half years ago, preaching on the climate crisis at our Laurel Park service, I remember encouraging those present to make their next car, if they were going to be in the market for one, an EV. I had not done any research on the all-important charging stations. Not long ago, I read horror stories of persons in the Midwest and probably also the upper Midwest where there were long lines of vehicles for owners to charge their EVs in public stations to the point that a number of them used up all their remaining charge while in line so they couldn't get to the charging station or to the charging port that is part of the station. And add to that the older stories about having trouble finding a charging station and for those who live in the cold weather half the year, uh, that, you know, the batteries don't last as long. I have a little more sympathy for those who want to wait or go hybrid. Since those earlier days, businesses and governments have worked hard to increase the number of such stations. It was hard to find recent statistics. According to research by Recurrent, get that, Recurrent, Last July, according to them, last July there were 1,095 public charging stations in Illinois, 602 being in Chicago, with Illinois having 2,843 charging 
reports. But another resource called Illinois Answers says there are 1,200 EV stations with 3,000 reports, quoting the Department of Energy. Another source said there are 171,370 ports at 65,611 station locations. Didn't say where, so I presume that's countrywide. Where are the stations? You can find directories for them online, city by city in Illinois, or other states. And I'm sure a Department of Transportation can, would have them marked out on the interstates too. When you need a charge, you need a charge. Although an EV owner is no longer paying for gasoline, the charging stations are not free. When you and I, or our congregations as a whole, are feeling kind of needing a charge, or we're just feeling kind of wiped out, where do we go? Where do we renew our energy? What stations revivify our strength and endurance? And what do we have to do to access those sources? Or should I say, source? When I attended Bethel College, I was cast in the play The Three Sisters by Anton Chekhov. Since it is a Christian school, we not only met for rehearsal, but we had devotions together beforehand. When it was my turn to lead the reflection, I chose today's Old Testament reading. We were approaching midterms, so the stress level was ratcheting up. I knew we'd be fatigued by the extra hours studying for the tests on top of the regular classwork. I wanted to share a word of encouragement. Isaiah 40, especially verses 29 to 31, made special sense. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and grow weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In his commentary, J. Alec Mottier said that here, tired means failure through loss of inherent strength. In other words, you're tired naturally. Weary, he said, is a different word pointing to the exhaustion because of the hardness of life. It is part of the understanding, he said, of the unwearying God, that God knows our frailty and provides an antidote. Native strength, naturally or specially cultivated, can fail. But those who wait for the Lord, renew. God is our charging station. God is the everlasting God, Isaiah reminds us, the creator of the ends of the earth, who does not faint or grow weary. This God's energy and might do not ever run out. And God, the creator of the universe, gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Sometimes you and I might forget 
to turn to God to get through us through some tough times. But a lot of times we do remember to, as First Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. People get worn down. God does not. And by grace, God is the charging station for those exhausted and fainting who wait upon the Lord. No charge. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, what does that mean, to wait for the Lord? Well, let's remember Isaiah's context. The people Israel, and now those Israelites who have been taken into exile in Babylon, they're cut off from the land, which was so important for them. That land was a promise of God. They've been waiting and waiting for God to act. And the Jews and their forebears, the Hebrews before them, learned to wait for God to act, awaiting that is informed by the past when God has come through to give them what they need. They needed the exodus to get out of Egypt. They needed the commandments. They needed the manna and the quail, the protection from marauding bands during their time of 40 years in the wilderness, and so much more. So as to what wait for the Lord means, and it does include waiting. Henry Sloan Coffin wrote in the Interpreter's Bible, quote, to wait for the Lord is contrasted to the prophet's mind with watching current events. So to wait for the Lord is not, it's like contrasted to current events. The world was rocking, he said, under the campaigns of Cyrus of Persia. Their neighbors in Babylon and the Jews themselves kept asking, what's next? What's next? To this, the Bible's invariable answer is the living God. Those who turn expectantly towards God discover that occurrences are not bare events, but advents of the everlasting God. They derive from them an access of force. Waiting for the Lord provided Israel with the mentality which made the nation preeminently, quote, the waiting community. It is to this waiting mentality that increases of strength are promised, end quote. My study Bible puts it a little more succinctly. To wait for the Lord is to have confidence that God will not desert his people. As you and I and the churches have confidence that God will not abandon God's people, we are en route to the, chain, to the charging station. God's strength shall be imparted to us. Maybe we'll get to fly, get those wings like eagles. That's for special callings indeed. To run is to be empowered to meet the exceptional demands of life. To walk is to get the might you or I need for the ordinary daily grind. This is a key way the Holy Spirit lives within, by so enabling us with the Spirit's own power as we turn to God in hope and in trust. I believe that sometimes it is the power of the Holy Spirit that gets us out of bed. 
when nothing else is going to do it. The Spirit moves us and gives us the ability to walk, to get up and get going. The better news, again from J. Alec Mott here, is that in the Hebrew, the word for wait can also be translated rest and hope. We wait with patience and we rest trustfully. And then he goes to renew. To renew from a basic meaning to change comes to mean to put on afresh. So to renew can come to be put on afresh. Here the verb says to renew can be understood then as keep putting on fresh strength. Keep putting on fresh strength. How great is that? To wait for the Lord is how we have access to read and they are able to receive the strength that God offers us to be renewed. The last thing I have is the suggestion of an, of an assist to waiting for the Lord. And that is to surround yourselves, if you do not already, with things of the faith. Things, places, and people which support your faith, remind you of it, and encourage you in it. To get mental strength for the task ahead. To psych myself up to go in. When I was going, when I was going in to be the busboy dishwasher at Bridgman's Ice Cream Parlor and Restaurant, I would psych myself up by playing the second side of Abbey Road before going. Then I was ready. On Sunday mornings, I play music about our faith, sometimes hymns, while I shower. And that's not the only time, but I make it a point on Sunday mornings. That's just a teeny example of how surrounding ourselves with things and places and people which support our faith can be a way that God sees us waiting in love and hope, and through this we are renewed for our flight and our running, or even, when it's all we can do, our walking. To God be the glory. God is our charging station. And God doesn't run out. That's good news. Amen. And that's a wrap for this Redheaded Preacher podcast on the 4th of February. I hope you found something uh, meaningful and uplifting in the message this morning or in the scriptures if not for you, perhaps something you thought you might be able to suggest to someone else who could use some encouragement that the message speaks to. Because sometimes I think what you may be listening to may not really speak to you, but it might make you think of someone that might be that it might speak to. So you could recommend the podcast to them or share in your own words what you glean that you think might be helpful to somebody else. It is still spreading the word, is it not? Words of, of grace and mercy and strength and hope and faith, all of which we need for the living of these days. Can I get an amen? <laughs> well, if I did, I wouldn't hear it. <clears throat> but thank you for those who did. And I'm going to leave you now. Our next podcast will be off of Sunday, February 11th. And we'll see where that takes us. So may God bless you. And may God bless your week. 
Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.